Welcome to We Accidentally Vaporize Our Podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Lachlan. And this is season three of our Percy Jackson recap analysis. We're reading The Titan's Curse and providing you with some hot takes, random headcanons, and some hopefully lighthearted disagreements. So get ready to curse some Titans or get cursed by the Titans. Either way, we'll find out in this season of We Accidentally Vaporized Our Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of We Accidentally Vaporized Our Podcast. As always, I am half a host, Lauren, and I am joined by... The other half, Lachlan. Woo! (laughs) Here we are, guys. Back at it again. We thought we were done, but we have risen another day. (laughs) Unfortunately. We are back with episode... With chapter two of mm-hmm. the Titans Curse, the vice principal, the vice principal gets a missile launcher. Um, which, as I first read that, I realized we didn't say that at the end of last episode, no. and I was so disappointed in myself for not doing that. No, and I'm also wondering if we're going to become one of those like official podcasts that actually edits their stuff, or if we're just going to leave that in. Well, so. I think because of continuity, we now have to leave it. No, no, not not leaving that. You didn't say the chapter name. Leaving the da 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 da. da. Oh, <laughs> well, well, now we have to leave that in because you mentioned it. For continuity. You can just take out all of that. All of this could be cut out. If you okay, so that, chapter two, guys. <laughs> if you want to do it, you can, Lachlan. Well, since this is an even numbered chapter, chapters, we know what happens on even chapters. I give the recap. So, what happened last time? That is my question to you. I'm going to give you a little quiz. Um, so first of all, what happened last time? Answer your own answer here. I think you're, you got it, but you're pretty wrong. Um, basically what happened was uh, Sally drove Talia, Annabeth, and Percy up to Westover Hall, which Percy calls Westover instead of the hall, which would be so much cooler if he just called it the hall. Um, they get there, they meet up with their friend Grover. Grover's like, oh my god, there are two half-bloods. And they're like, Grover, you found two? Good for you. And he's like, no, not good for me. Um, because it's not good for him because there is a monster, Dr. Thorne, who is there, who apparently has a PhD in something, who is also the base principal, so he's possibly going to get a missile launcher. Um, he is trying to get the kids. As they're trying to get the kids, Percy's feeling all these insecurities about Talia, and that's how you pronounce her name, Talia. Um, Annabeth is like subtly telling Percy, like, you should dance with me. Hey, by the way, I might be moving to San Francisco. And Percy's like, I don't know how to deal with this. I have the emotional capacity of a walnut. He is so confused. And then all of a sudden, the D'Angelo siblings, who are the half-bloods, disappear, whisked away into the night by Dr. Thorne. And Annabeth runs off to go find Talia and Grover. And Percy's like, I can do this by myself. So he runs after them and then gets stabbed twice by something that someone throws at him that he can't see what was thrown at him. And it feels like poison, which unfortunately, he really recognized that feeling. And the chapter ends with Dr. Thorne telling him he's going to kidnap them and kill them all. And that was the chapter. That I think that was the fastest recap that's ever happened on the show. Good job. I mean, and I hit like all the major beats, I feel like. I think you did. I think you did. You know, good work. All right. Let's just move right on into it then. Exactly. 
you know, as Lauren said, Thorne is essentially trying to kidnap Percy and the D'Angelo siblings. So let's pick back also, up right Percy with that. Also, Percy keeps referring to him as Dr. Thorne instead of just Thorne, which I find really funny that he's like, he's yeah. like, oh, he has a PhD. I, mean, you know I gotta respect him. He's trying to kill us, but he we has a doctor, so we gotta, gotta keep that level. Exactly. It's like when you have like, like teachers versus professors and versus like doctoral professors. And it's like, I can, I call a lot of my teachers by their last names, except for the ones that are doctor. Then I call them like doc something or doctor this or doctor that. Doc, you call them doc. We had, yeah, there was, um, I don't want to like say their real names because that's a little weird, but there was a couple of teachers in my high school who had like uh, doctorates and we would call them doc this, doc that. Um, but we'll call them like doctor because they really cared about it on like the Mr. or Mrs. or the professors. And this was in high school? That was in high school. Okay. So that's very interesting because I feel like high school teachers that have doctorates are very different from professors that have doctorate, like college professors that have doctorates. Because most of my professors are like, you can call me. Oh, I can't think of a name that isn't one of their actual names now, but like just by their first, like Adam. Call me Adam, kids. I have a bunch of professors that I just call by their first names, but I feel like with the ones that have doctorates, the ones who like truly care about it, it's like doctor this or doctor that. And I just love the idea of Percy being, well, we have to call him Dr. Thorne because clearly he got his, uh, and I wonder, is it like a PhD or an MD? I imagine if he's in education, it's probably a PhD. Yeah, true. What do you think it is in? Philosophy. I'm Um, Theology. Ancient weapons, history, specifically wars. Religion. Military history. Ancient religions. Mm. We got options. Yeah, we got options here. Moving on. Okay. Oh, that I now feel like we should post something when this episode releases about like what type of what what degree do you think this is in? (laughs) We'll figure this out. We'll see if I actually remember that. (laughs) This is so chaotic. Okay, anyway, into the extra chopper. I praised you for how fast you did that recap. And then we spent an extra 10 minutes talking about the random stuff. Let's actually do it for real now. So Percy is upset because he doesn't know what type of monster Dr. Thorne is. All he knows is this person's fast. And he's like, you know, I could get my shield going, but at the same time, I can't protect myself and two other people with the shield. So that's not really going to work out. Smart. He's using his brain today. I'm proud of him. Even with that poison, his brain is still going. Good for him. It is. So he starts to close his eyes to try to connect with Grover. And of course, Thorne is recognizing that he's being weird. And Percy's like, oh, it's my shoulder. It burns. Like, that's why I'm like struggling, whatever. And Dr. Thorne's like, ah, my poison only causes pain. It won't kill you. So like, at least we have that going for us, you know, like. Percy may die still, but not from this, at least. So I, I, love, I love the idea that, like, his poison is just, like, spicy food, where it's just, like, it's not going to kill you. It's just going to really, really annoy you for a good while. <laughs> because I feel yeah. like that's not how poison works. I feel like all poisons just naturally kill you. I, that's what I always thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, there's poison just to mess with someone versus poison to kill. But, you know, at least we have that clarified. So... Percy is trying a fun little experiment. So we've now entered Science Corner from Welcome to Night Vale, <laughs> where, so he knows obviously about the empathy link, which we've discussed in the previous book between him and Grover. But of course, 
it's only ever worked where Grover has reached out to Percy, specifically when Percy's sleeping. Yeah, as far as they know, it only ever works in dreams. Yes, yeah. So now Percy's trying to do the complete opposite, where he's the one reaching out to Grover and while Grover's awake. So, you know, just kind of hoping for the best shot in the dark, but, you know, whatever the choices he have right now. So he panic thinks, Grover, Thorne's kidnapping us. He's also kind of crazy. Please help. Um, (laughs) So we'll, like, you know, um, if you really want to grow, really Grover's attention, he should have started chanting enchiladas or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he's going to hope that friendship will prevail. So now they have fully left the building. They're now going into the woods in the dark. And I love how Percy says, like, the wind is blowing through his rip close. He feels like an icicle, which is, like, how we feel, I feel like, half the year where we go to school. So I really relate with Percy in this moment. <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> so now, of course, they're about to get picked up because, you know, that's how kidnapping works. You'd be taken to a secondary location. And, and as we've learned, out, once you're taken to that secondary location, the odds of you being found alive drop significantly. Uh, someone's been watching a lot of true crime. <laughs> or John Mulaney. Oh, there you go. So Bianca's freaking out and Thorne's telling her to shut up. And little sweet 10-year-old Nico's like, don't you talk to my sister that way. You know, good for him. He's young, but he does not care. He's ready to fight authority figures of all kinds, especially ones that throw poison. I mean, you're not, if you're not willing to fight authority figures, who are you willing to fight? Mm. Mm. Hopefully not, not people lower than you for in whatever way. You know, you know what I mean? Don't, don't only like pick on someone smaller than you, always fight oh, people I, above you. I couldn't tell where you were going with that. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't that political of a podcast, Lachlan. No, no. I mean, like what they always say, like pick on someone your own size. Oh, always one up. Always so, because then it makes them look worse because they're picking on someone below Yes, them. exactly. <laughs> no. Everyone, make sure you measure yourself against the person you're bullying before you actively start bullying them. Yeah, make sure they look bad, not you. Exactly. <laughs> Life advice from Lauren and Lachlan. <laughs> All right, so now Percy's taking Lauren's advice, trying to get Grover's attention by sh- thinking and shouting things like, Grover, apples, tin cans, get over here. So, you know, we're still, he's still trying. He's doing what he can with this. I love the idea that, like, Percy, and I don't think he, I don't know if he actually is. But I love the idea of Percy like concentrating so hard he starts making this face, and Bianca's just like, "Are you about to like poop your pants?" Like that's what I'm picturing right now. Like Percy, like all oh, like putting in this effort, and he's like concentrating super hard, and then Bianca's like, "I think this dude is about to is about to poop himself." This is really upsetting and not a thought that I needed to have. Well, that's why I'm giving it to you. I'm gifting you with this thought. I don't like this. Moving on, <laughs> I've declared it. So now they're essentially like on the cliff area and Percy can like sense the sea, hundreds of people up. Obviously it's too dark and he's not going to get too close to the edge because he's, he's not that dumb, but he knows it's down there and probably would not be good for most people if they fell over, which of course means Thorne is going to push them even closer to the edge. And Bianca's obviously yes and bianca's like how are we gonna fight him what are we gonna do and Percy's like i don't know guys i'm working on it i'm still new at this you know he's had two quests at this point not a lot of time with monsters still i mean still he wasn't level. even supposed to be on that one quest anyway he was really only yes. on one quest yeah and just sort of showed up at another 
Yep. And poor Nico now, he's lost all of his rage. He's just like, I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta say, overall, I kind of jumping out for a second. I did not love the writing of this chapter. I don't know. Something about the dialogue. I don't know. I think there was just more characters than Rick was used to. I mean, if you think about it, he, he always, before this, the only time people would be actively talking to each other, it would be like, Percy Annabeth Grover or, or Percy, Percy bad Annabeth guy. Clarice or Percy Annabeth Tyson and Tyson doesn't really talk so like this is the first time he's really like getting into like four people talking at once and they <laughs> all are like characters and real and three of them are new characters we oh. don't know so I mean Rick is really stepping out of his comfort zone here yeah. and mm. I mean it's never going to be perfect <laughs> all right all right that's fine so now Thorne is calling in whoever the transport people are to pick up our three half-bloods. And Percy's thinking like, you know, I could jump. And he's also using a mobile phone, which I, re- I, I just- Oh, yes. Like, I, I, I want to know, I'm assuming this is like a burner phone, um, but I'm just <laughs> picturing like Luke going into like a convenience store and buying like 40 burner phones for like all of his cricket, monster friends. Cricket wireless, Mint Mobile. Exactly. <laughs> Who who are they? Who is the evil group sponsored by? <laughs> I wonder if there's like a monster donut version of like Cricket Wireless or like a Mint Mobile or something. I mean, Cricket Wireless's ads do have those little weird creatures. True, it might be sending a message. Yep, there you go, there you go. Like how they say that um, Starbucks, she's a mermaid, siren possibly. So that's a front. Yes. Mm-hmm. Monster wireless. Keep an eye out. All right. So Thorne catches on to Percy thinking about jumping. And so he's like, by all means, set up a side and jump, save yourself. And Bianca's like, uh, what did he call you? Because she's, you know, she has no how, idea what's going on. No, no I love clue. how she's more concerned about like the son of Poseidon bit than the, like jump off the cliff bit. Like she's yeah. not concerned at all that he's about to jump off a cliff. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, you do have a plan, right? And Percy doesn't even answer this point. He's like, I'm just trying to stay alive, guys. Like, my arm hurts. This is supposed to be easy. I'm my imaginary satyr friend won't answer my calls in my head. Yeah, because he's still trying to call out to Grover. And Percy's thinking, like, if, if I could... To them right now, like, hey, don't worry. It's all cool. I'm calling out to my satyr friend using our empathy link in my head. And then he makes the poopy face. Oh, my God. Like, imagine... Like, <laughs> everything that they're going through and Bianca's just like we're gonna die Mm, I mean that is probably what she's thinking this whole time oh yeah Um, yeah. yep so Percy's thinking like maybe if besides paying attention is a good mood I could convince the D'Angelo's to jump with me and then I could use the water to protect us but of course Thorne's like I mean I would kill you guys for even got there and seems to be a little bit annoyed that Percy hasn't recognized who he is. But I mean, we can't we can't really ask that of Percy. He's, he's I mean, doing his best. Yeah, they do teach the monster classes at camp, but again, mm-hmm. Percy doesn't go to camp all that often. He spends and also you don't know what their the human class. disguises are either. So until they're in full monster form, how, how are you supposed to know? They really should start going through their uh, human disguises more with them because it sounds like a lot of them still look either similar or they can't like 
change that image of themselves mm-hmm. actively. So you should start teaching them like, here's what they look like as a monster. Here's what they look at as a human. And then yeah. like, I'm picturing someone in a, that class being like, wait a minute, that's my biology teacher. Like, you know, <laughs> that they didn't even realize that they were being attacked. Oh, yeah. Like the warlock marks and shadow hunters. Like there's always something that stays on the whole time. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So Thorne says that he's supposed to bring them in alive. Otherwise, we've already killed them. So Bianca's like, who wants us? If it's ransom you want, you won't get anything. Nico and I, we only have each other. It's like, girl, sad, but no one really cares right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, we have other stuff. Yeah. Like, clearly something much bigger is going on, but okay. But also, like, I understand what she's dealing through. And I mean, this is mm. this is something that's, like, really traumatic for her. And I feel like... Yeah. But just, well, the, just like, it's we weird. only have each other. Like, oh, No, no, no. But, like, think about, like, what Percy was going through when he first found out that everything was real and Grover refused to tell him everything and he was getting attacked and, like, all of that was going on. And then mm-hmm. the stuff with Mr. Brunner. Like, I feel like he should be more empathetic to her situation because he went through something similar and he is like dealing with something like this you know what i mean i mean it, it is hard to be just take a step back and be empathetic for some situation when you are actively being poisoned and about to be killed by this monster like it's, yes. it's kind of too there's too many things going on right now to deal with that yeah but i think like we should be empathetic to her uh, yeah yeah <laughs> anyway so um Thorne says that they'll be meeting his employer soon enough, which Percy automatically assumes is Luke because there's only one bad guy allowed in Percy's Only mind. one. Only one. Everyone else is underneath him. And then he's like, and then Percy's talking about like his old enemy, Luke calling him his old enemy. He's like, but it's been a year and a half. Can you really call someone your old enemy yet? Maybe he's commenting on how Luke's like 25. <laughs> like literally like he's old. Yes, he's just old AF. This dude, what what a weirdo. And then Thorne says like, oh, you have no idea what's happening, Perseus Jackson. So you know it's real when I pull out the full name. Ooh. He says, I will let the general enlighten you. You're going to do him a great service. He's looking forward to meeting you. So like, who's this general person? Is that Luke? Did Luke get, get promoted? Is this someone else? We don't know. We'll probably also love, not though? find out for a while. Hmm. What I love though is when Percy asks, like the general, um, because Dr. Thorne has been talking in a French accent so long, he goes, Percy then goes, the general. <laughs> like, I just love that little, like, the general. Um, but, you know, that makes me really happy. Yeah. No, fantastic. Oh, and now we have the transportation has arrived, which is a helicopter. And so now Percy's like, why are there mortals here? Like, what? what is going on this is like a whole other level than what i was expecting and it's also like i forget about the logistical issues with camp Halfwood. i want to know about the financials going into the, <laughs> the into uh, the luke side of this war like where are they affording these cell phones how are they getting the them? princess andromeda the princess andromeda the uh now helicopters like i and who is flying them? Is it mortals? Is it, mm-hmm. is it like monsters? I have questions that will never be answered. <laughs> no, never, never will. All right. 
So Thorin tells them that they'll have the opportunity to join a great army, just like that silly game you play with cards and dolls. And Nico's like, how dare you? They're not dolls. They're figurines. They are. <laughs> they're like, action figures. Yeah. And then he no, goes, I don't, I don't think they're great movable. army and... And yeah. he's going to imply that the great army can go, you know, shove it somewhere, but he gets cut off because this is a PG novel. Yes. And he is 10. And he so is we 10. have to have boundaries. But, you know, the rage is coming back. He's got it in him to fight. fight he's got the it power. in him. Yep. And Thorns says essentially like they can either join or they can be fed to monsters. So great choices for them. It says the great stirring is underway. The stirring of monsters, like, ones that have not been seen in thousands of years and soon they'll bring the most important one of all which will bring forth the downfall of olympus so like plans are taking place they have they're they're really organized over there do you think they have like a hierarchy of monsters and who they want to call up first like do you start off with the big guns just to wipe everybody out or do you like progressively build up to like show your might no no no. i think you grab the best the the one that'll bring the downfall of olympus first and then you bring everything else um mm. and I, I wonder if there's going to be like a little bit of like nepotism involved where it was like <laughs> me and that dude are buddies we're bringing him up or like me and that one we got beef so we're keeping him down there like i want to know i want to know like who decides or if it's just like a free-for-all to get up yeah yeah and then Bianca, of course, is like, okay, this guy's completely insane, which, you know, valid, valid. And then Percy tells her that we have to jump off the cliff. And she's like, okay, you're crazy too. So now she has no idea who she and Nico can trust because everyone just seems kind of insane now. And it's also interesting because I'm like thinking about who I would trust in this situation. And I don't know. The thing is like, sure, Dr. Thorne attacked that dude and he's talking about you possibly dying, but he's also giving you a clear option of like, hey, if you join up, you'll be fine. And unless Dr. Thorne was Severus Snape it up, he was a figure of authority and possibly one that you trusted to a level because he has been, because we are conditioned to trust adults around us. So I'm wondering if you just go for him, while Percy, meanwhile, has gotten attacked, is making this weird poopy face and is telling you to immediately jump off a cliff, which will ensure that you die. So I'm kind of like, if I was them, I'd be like leaning a little towards Thorn. The enemy, you know exactly yep all right well before percy could convince them to go with his plan they all get knocked over by an invisible force and who might that force be you're wondering obviously annabeth what a cool chick i love the way you said that with like i can see you so i saw like your hand went up and you're like annabeth but all i could think was annabeth i choose you (laughs) like that's literally oh that is perfect Yep. So she knocks the three of them to the ground, which saves their lives because apparently Thorn was just going to like shoot at them. So his first volley of missiles misses, which is great. We love that. So, so far injury totals, just Percy, which we can deal with. We can deal with. We, we can deal with. We can deal so with. So Thaya and Grover are jumping in from behind. Thalia with her fancy magical shield which is just a ripoff of her dad's um, with the Medusa head like be independent girl have have your own cool weapon but whatever so she has the shield with Medusa's face imprint so it's supposed to scare people off because like oh my god the shield might turn you to stone or whatever um and hers uh, like how Percy's sword becomes a pen hers becomes a bracelet so 
which I think is like I love I love that 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 because it sort of matches Percy's being a wristwatch almost because that's where you want it to be when it comes out and also you don't want to have to like take it out put it on it's already on and you just got to open it and then boom Mm -hmm. it's there um but I love that like both Percy and her have um something on their wrist that'll turn into a shield yeah it's a good placement for it so apparently the shield is so accurate the thorn even like winced a little bit when he saw it and she tries to fight him but it's not going that well he's slowly turning into some sort of other creature whatever his true form is when his hand turns into a giant orange paw with big claws going against thalia and so thorns shooting more missiles at her but that's not going well until the force of their impact knocks Thalia down. So Grover jumps in with his reed pipes because he's still he's still against weapons, even for self-defense, still against weapons. I mean, do we really want him to have weapons? If he's got weapons, he can't be doing cool stuff. Like, like creating a jig and making rope-like weaves, weeds come up and grab on Thorn. Mm. Yeah. I think he's good without the weapon. Well, he would be good without the weapon, except for the fact that um, Thorn can break through these weed vines that are tangled around him. So he, as part of this, he's turning into his true form. So face still human, body now lion, a spiky tail that's going all over the place. So Annabeth, you know, again, smart one. She's like, it's the Manticore. Oh my God. And her Yankees cap has fallen off somewhere, so she's no longer invisible. And Bianca is again like, who is that? Who are you? Like, what is going on? She is just like fully. She like, should have grabbed her brother and started running the second that she could. Yeah, yeah. The fact that they never start to run away is interesting. But you know, whatever. They're they're doing what they can. And Nico says, Oh my god, a manticore. He's got 3,000 attack power plus five to saving throws. So he Whoa. plays D. No, like, he plays myth version. It's he myth plays version. myth and magic. D and D, you don't have attack points. Mm. You also, I mean, you wouldn't have plus five to all saving throws. Um, you would have that split up by ability. Um, and also, in terms of like attacking and stuff, you don't care about what your saving throw is. You want to know what your bonus is in general to then figure out what it would be for uh, attack rolls and stuff. Someone's and being a huge nerd right now. <laughs> I'm sorry that I play, that I am educated in the lore of Dungeons and Dragons. Anyway, Percy, like me, has no idea what Nico's talking about and doesn't have time to worry about it. He's got bigger problems right now, such as, you know, the Manticore destroying all the weeds. And so Percy finally remembers that he, you know, has his shield he can activate. So he pulls that out which protects him from the thorns but unfortunately they immediately dent the metal so you know know, also like talia stood up to it so i'm unfortunately for tyson i'm gonna have to say that shoddy workmanship it was his first magical weapon though and now he's going to work but he's he's learning we we know i know that according to like cyclops aging he's still very young and he did just go start his internship at Poseidon's palace and the forge is there. So I imagine he'll get a lot better, but he, but he just started. I think it's also like, he spent a lot of effort on making it look beautiful. So I think he was thinking more about that than like, he was looking at like form over function. Mm, yeah. Well, he was also building it during their quest. So didn't have access to all the materials. And if he had just made it a camp, 
using like the Hephaestus cab and stuff. So I mean, would they have let him? They hated him. They bullied him. Harsh. No, Beckendorf liked him. Beckendorf would have let him do it. He would have kicked everyone else out and given Tyson private time in the forge that he could do it without people judging him. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. Anyway, so (laughs) the fight is still going on. The helicopter has now officially shown up. And Percy's again like, it has to be manned by mortals. It has laser guided rockets. So that's now something at play. <laughs> so, like, that's, it's getting pretty bad. Um, yeah, that's just wrong. Like, this is yeah. like, they literally brought knives to a gunfight, they yeah. brought swords to a ballistic missile fight. Yeah. It's just so wrong. Yeah. So, overall, bad situation um percy runs over to thalia to protect her from a thorn because her shield had gotten knocked away as as well as her spear so she is weaponless and defenseless um and thorn's like haha i'm about to win you guys all suck (laughs) then direct quote deus ex machina some folk show up out of the woods to save them (laughs) so yeah, you know, they hear you know. a hunting, you know, they hear you a know. hunting horn blowing through the woods and Thorne's like, oh no, it cannot be. And like a perfect movie magic moment. And then suddenly, again, beautiful movie magic moment, a glowing silver arrow appears at his in his shoulder. So he's all upset and starts just throwing out his spikes like crazy because he can't see where the new players are they're just somewhere out in the woods and with each spike he throws a silver arrow appears and slices right through it so like the most incredible accuracy and Percy's like I don't know who these people are but they're better than even Apollo's kids oh yeah so real shade to the, those kids back at camp I mean so. to be fair apparently they're very good at basketball <laughs> yep <laughs> You know, important things in life. Who needs archery when you could have basketball? Exactly. So Thorne is injured, but not too bad because Percy tries to like sneak attack him, but that doesn't go over well. So he's knocked back. The archers appear out of the woods and they're all a bunch of girls, like 10 to 14 year olds. So a quick age check reminder that Percy's 14 now, same age as the oldest of the hunters and the youngest being 10. And they're all wearing jeans, which seems like very impractical hunting attire. I mean, but whatever. No, I, I'm a big fan of jeans, and I think you can do most things in jeans. But jeans in the woods? Yeah, no, you can do jeans in the woods. They don't dry well. You can do, who cares? I feel like you would care if you were out in the woods in the winter where it's very damp. No, because the jeans work, and you look good while wearing them. This is real. okay. This is something else I'm going to be asking the public about. All right. We got to find out. Jeans? Question mark. All right. Yeah. Jeans always. So, no. Jeans are jeans. so painful. I used to love jeans and they're so painful. I oh love my jeans. God. I wear oh, jeans most days. They hurt. I so played much. tennis wearing jeans the other day. That's really dumb. That's no, scary. it wasn't. Really you sort of seen me doing some of those like squats and lunges. Looked great while doing it. All right. Anyway, 
Um, so Annabeth says that they're the hunters and Thalia is not pleased about this. But of course, you know, we don't have time to ask questions about why. And so one of the older girls steps forward with her arrow pointed right at the man manticore. She has a silver circlet braided into her hair. So she looks like a princess. Purse is all about describing girls as princesses. It's yes. his thing. It's, it's his move, as Taylor Tomlinson says in her comedy special. It's his move. Highly recommend watching it if you're an adult. If you're an adult, don't watch it. If you're a minor, don't do that. Um, <laughs> and so she says, permission to kill my lady, but no idea who she's referring to because you know she's smart. She's keeping her eyes on that guy the whole time. And now Dr. Thorne's upset, saying it's against the ancient laws to directly interfere. But then another girl pops up out of the group, like the real Princess Amidala coming out of the crowd to reveal herself to the Gungans. And <laughs> I'm the nurse, minutes. yet you are, you got, you hit all the beats there. That I oh, think yeah. was nerdier than me talking about D&D. Hey, you know what? It was cooler and more relevant. Anyway, so another girl responds, not so. And she's only about 12 or 13 looking. But her expression was very stern and dangerous. So she's a serious 12 or 13 year old. And she says, hunting all wild beasts is within my sphere. And says, you foul creature, you are a wild beast. What a cool line. And says to the girl with the circlet, Zoe, permission granted. And now, of course, Dr. Thorne's really upset. He's not having this because earlier he had said, you're wanted alive, otherwise you would be dead. But now he's saying, you know what? I don't even care. If I can't have them alive, then I'll take them dead. So he's lunging after Thalia and Percy because they're weak from being attacked with all these thorns and stuff. But Annabeth, she's not having this. They are her friends. She's lost two people already in her life. She's not about it. So she charges after the monster while the hunters are shouting at her to get back. But again, she's I don't, listening. I don't understand her move here because like they have great aim. They've been kicking his but butt. She, but she's, she I mean, this was a stupid move by her. Yeah. I mean, yes, but at the same time, you can, you get why she does it when you just look at like how many people she's lost in her life, people that she wasn't able to protect. Like she was too young to save Thalia the first time Luke left of his own accord and she didn't know that he was turning evil. So she couldn't stop him. And now like, she doesn't want to watch two of her friends get murdered in front of her face when she is physically able to fight. Like she knows how to fight now. So she's not going to stand back and let other people try to save them. Yes. Dumb. But like, I, I, don't, I just think that doesn't negate the fact that this is like a very stupid move on her part. That's fine. Not everyone can be wise all the time. She is still like me. 14. So, <laughs> all right. So she jumps onto the monster's back and drives her knife into him. So now he's freaking out. Zoe's firing arrows. Percy's losing his mind. All the hunters are shooting at the manticore. And he says, like, this is not the end. You will pay. And then before anyone can do anything, the monster with Annabeth still attached to him jumps over the cliff into the darkness and now we have this annabeth shout from percy very dramatic very very dramatic and so I, um she's gone <laughs> i i always hated this as a kid and i still hate it now because at any point she could have let go 
like that's that's the one thing you don't know how close he already was to the edge or how fast this all happened no i don't at any point she could have let go it's not like he was holding on to her it's not like she was trapped and it doesn't even say like she struggled to get loose but her hand was caught like no she just held on i just i i'm not like i hate to sound like i'm blaming the hunters are shooting arrows at the manticore and so she may have been trying to use him as a shield to not get hit by the arrows and killed that way because conceivably she knows because she seemed to because like talia recognized like when they said the hunters she also seemed like relieved and she knew what they were talking about so and if percy's already in awe of their um aim then she must know how good of an aim aiming they are so she must know that if she fell now she wouldn't get hit i and they were clearly aiming at his chest while she was at his back and if he's running face first off the cliff she clearly could have fallen back again not off the cliff with him i Annabeth was in the wrong here. I think also we just need drama. Maybe Annabeth is stupid. Maybe we just need reality TV level drama. Stupid. That's a mean word. You shouldn't say that. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> anyway, so she's gone. End of that. But unfortunately, there's still this other problem that, that the helicopter is now shooting at them. So the hunters are running off but then the the leader girl says mortals are not allowed to witness my hunt and then she turns the helicopter into a flock of ravens all i all i can think of right now with the hunt uh aspects is like in like if you ever read shadow hunters or i'm reading this series um uh is uh the october day series there's this thing about like the hunt um and both of them have this complete negative connotation to it and it's really interesting how in this it's supposed to have like a positive connotation to this hunt while in that like it's they're hunting people or they're hunting um uh like the idea of hunting and it's like a wild hunt and it's really interesting like how it's used in different genres and stuff Mm. Mm -hmm. that's interesting I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um, so now Thalia is super upset because Sherry didn't like them and now her bestie is gone. So she's got some problems. And so she goes up to the one called Zoe and it's like, oh, perfect timing as usual. And she even knows this girl's last name, Zoe Nightshade. So clearly there's some beef here. Let's get into it. <laughs> Maybe not right now. <laughs> At some point. And then Zoe just kind of like looks around at them. She's like, uh, four half-bloods and a satyr. When the younger girl recognizing them as Kyron's campers and Percy's like, oh my God, Annabeth, they have to let us save her. I have to go after her. She was going to tell me stuff. She has secrets. I need to know about her secrets. Um, but obviously he is not in any condition to that. There are even girls holding him down <laughs> as he's trying to like go after her. And then he, the idea of them just like sitting on him while he's like, yeah. no. like it can't be that hard. He's pretty beat up. Yeah. And he says, like, let me go. Who do you think you are? So like getting really, really antsy. Um, and Zoe's out to smack him when the other girl says, No, there's no disrespect. He's just upset. He doesn't understand. And she looks at him right in the eyes and says, I'm Artemis, goddess of the hunt. 
Dun, dun, dun. Yes, and there you go. End of the chapter. So End we got chapter. we got a new a new goddess right off the bat. Very the exciting. collection. Yes, very exciting stuff. Slow, and our first goddess. All of them. Really? Yeah. Huh. This is our first goddess. Yeah. Percy has never met a goddess. He's only met gods. Yeah, I mean, he did meet Cersei, but she He's was definitely be- not a goddess. She's a witch. I think depending on technically not what a goddess literature in you read. It, yeah. Okay. In the context I mean, she, as far as like Percy. myth, myth, but like mythical immortal beings. One of the, as, the far con- as, like, as far as as far as of the twelve, yes, this is the first goddess, but immortal mythical beings. No, I mean in terms of like what they refer to these people as, mm-hmm. as campers at Camp Half Blood, as demigods, Cersei was a witch. Mm-hmm. Annabeth specifically referred to her as a witch. Mm-hmm. This is their first guys. Okay. Only, yeah. took, only took two books. Only took two books for them to meet a goddess, but that's okay because next episode we get a little bit more of her in Bianca D'Angelo makes the choice. Um, so thank you so much for joining us. And please, if you get a chance, please rate, review, subscribe. Uh, let us know what you think. And you could always reach us at our podcast, at our podcast that is this, and also on our Instagram page at accidentally vaporized pod uh thank you so much and have a good one and we will see you next week bye bye